yeah whatever you call it <laughs> everyone lies a stand up <laughs> <laughs> Friends call me, that's what people used to call me at work. So you can call me Dweko. Yeah, and I'm here with my co-host Ave Eve. How do you pronounce your name? Um it's Ave. A V has nothing to do with Latin. Panabas Ave. Panabas, what do you do? Um, I'm a software engineer for a gambling company based in the UK. Gambling, that sounds interesting. And basically all I do is I actually work primarily as a backend engineer, um, adding new features to the existing platforms and fixing bugs and stuff. That's what the engineers do. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, so what do I do? Uh, I'm a software engineer, backend engineer to be precise. Well, I won't say I do front-end, but I could assist. Yeah, so I'm a back-end engineer, and uh, I work for a company in Ghana. Uh, but I'm also an engineering consultant for another company as well. Yeah, so uh, my work revolves around uh, architecting features and uh, writing code, basically. Yeah. How is it? typical Monday like Avi? Uh, okay, so for me, every Monday starts with um, an in-person or a virtual meeting stand-up where we actually talk about what we worked on the previous week and what we're actually working on um, that particular week. So we have uh, a small meeting, maximum 50 minutes, where everyone joins the call and we all discuss on what we're about to work on for the uh, current week and if there are any blockers or anything preventing you from actually carrying on with your work. So we discuss that and try to resolve such issues. So that's how my Monday starts. Then I go on to, you know, prepare some coffee and get energized and start working on whatever feature or whatever work I'm doing on the back end. Oh, wow, that sounds pretty packed. Uh, but to our, on behalf of our non-software engineer friends or listeners or those who are new to it what's a stand-up do you have to actually stand up uh no so a stand-up is actually a name for a ceremony as part of um, what i call it the agile processes um particularly scrum the scrum process where you actually talk about or talk to your various teammates about what you're working on and get to know what else you're working on and asking for help in case you, you have any what I call issues involving uh, a feature or something you're actually working on. So just keep everyone updated on what you're actually working on. Okay. Do you lie? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, yes, I lie. Well, more often than not, to be honest. Um, and that's partially because of the fact that, well, personally, I am one that likes to procrastinate uh, work. So... Most of the time, I'm normally found lying at stand-up, so 
Yeah, July. I think everyone lies. Yeah, everyone lies. I stand up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, so uh, for me, on Monday, I I usually start work at 8. Yeah, that's when I start uh, responding to all my messages from the previous day or in the morning that were left for me to read. And yeah, that's also another thing, sending messages. I'm sure we'll talk about that yeah. in a later episode. So I usually start work at 8 and hopefully no one has sent me a message like, hi, and is waiting for me to reply. So I'm usually expecting to come and see uh, responses or like entire problems. Maybe you want something and someone just says, hello, Salom, or hi, or I need this, this, this. Or could you assist me with this, this, that? And uh, I have stand. I have a couple of stand-ups from eight thirty going GMT, eight thirty going, and so from eight to eight thirty, I just if I could have a few discussions with some of my team members to clarify a few things before stand-up, we do that. And if I could also do some work quickly before that, especially pending tasks, so that I don't have to lie at stand-up. I do that before uh, stand-up at 8.30. And stand-up isn't always at 8.30. I think my old organization was at 10 and sometimes 11. So it all depends on your team and what works for them. Yeah. So that's that's that. Um, so, okay. So I think um, I did make mention of something um, referred to as a feature. So what's what's the nature of the kind of things you work on in maybe in a sprint or something or what are what are the nature of the tasks you actually get assigned at work? To give just like a brief overview, uh, usually Scrum has a lot of ceremonies. We have the planning session and backlog grooming. So usually by that time you might have some of your features scoped out, but if not. Uh, besides writing code, which I actually do a lot, uh, in my position, I actually have to architect some of the features as well. So that involves having uh, sometimes long or comfortable meetings with team members, people from your same team, or stakeholders from other teams, or other engineers from other teams to try and architect maybe a feature you want to do gather all the requirements available. There might be some requirements unbeknownst to you which you might still have to find out. So it's a whole lot of back and forth with uh, your Scrum Master, your engineering manager, your product owner, and just trying to uh, scope out the requirements and uh, the things you need yeah, to be able to achieve uh, a feature. So once you have that done, uh, yeah, then you could typically start coding. Okay. So for me, I think um, the, the nature of things I normally work on my places, it normally has to do with maybe um, adding new backend endpoints and feeding it or integrating it to the front end. And mostly has to do with um, making some database changes, making writing some advanced queries, and then... Um, or it could even be resolving some existing bug that wasn't caught during code review and stuff like that. So those are some of the things that I normally work on. 
and some of them could just be a whole new feature where you need to create certain reports or generate certain reports for certain periods of time in the business and stuff like that so but most of the time it revolves around three things um back-end api development um, database queries and then front-end integration even though i said i'm a back-end engineer but then i'm actually quite responsible for making sure every feature i work on um is seen from the um, what i call it um from the start to end even even if it involves front-end development as well yeah that's 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 pretty interesting yeah i i do i do that too a bit but it depends on what exactly i'm working on and it also depends on the project uh, oftentimes you're working on like more than one project i work i'm i'm actually like i have i have teams which i'm assigned to but i'm actually like a nomad so once in a while people can still hit you up and uh, have them have you assist them with some things that they're working on but i do front-end integration too sometimes which i don't really enjoy but i still have to do it anyway yeah so i'm i i, I mostly like to sit in the back end though and usually i think these things depend on what stage in the project that you find yourself in if it's an ongoing project already existing you might not really need to do a whole lot of work. You just be you would do work, but you would just be contributing features. If it's something which is new, uh, you're going to have to start the project. And I think those are things which those are very distinct things which developers struggle with sometimes. Uh, project inception, like starting or building a project from scratch, or the architecture and configurations you have to do. And then joining an already existing project, yeah, two separate things, and yeah, one of us also take on that. Well, uh, working on working on multiple projects uh, can actually be quite the challenge because even the amount of energy required to switch from working on even maybe um, the same feature from the back end to the front end can really be huge. Sometimes you might even what I call it. Um, push it to the next day just because of the amount of um, brain switch you need to make to just work on multiple projects and stuff like that. But the next question, the question I wanted to ask you is, um, when assigning tasks, what, what processes or what steps do you follow to actually get the tax release into production? Because where, where I work out, how it normally works is that when you get assigned tax, you normally have um, a sprint worth of time and a sprint lasts two weeks at, at my current workplace and you have that period of time to get the requirements of the story or tax, work on it, get you reviewed by at least two people, and that's actually excluding yourself, and then getting, the, getting them approved and then merging them. And you're actually also responsible for what I call it, releasing them via our platform, the Team City platform that we use to release to production. I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah, so it depends on what team, but uh, we have uh, dedicated we have dedicated people for different activities we have uh, dedicated uh, devops and we also have like the engineers so uh, similar to what uh, Ave said yeah so usually when it starts we have a whole lot of scrum ceremonies the planning and backlog grooming uh, yeah you could read about that in scrum, <laughs> scrum ceremonies uh, so we have all those sessions, planning session where we 
uh, plan how the sprint is going to be and uh, set the goals for the sprint and have the cards assigned and uh, usually before a planning session you have a backlog grooming session where you basically it's 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 basically a discussion with the entire team especially the development team on different features which are going to be added to the next sprints and the steps taken to achieve those features that's where the clarification is going to happen and based on those steps uh, the future would be awarded or weighted with something called a story point, which is kind of like a point used to measure the difficulty of the task. Yeah, so once so once the sprint begins, you have your task and essentially you have uh, things scoped out uh, for you. If there's something you don't understand, then what you could do is you contact your business analyst or maybe your uh, engineering manager or possibly your uh, product owner to give you some clarity on what exactly that feature is and how you're going to achieve it. So once you have all that figured out, you could basically just start writing code. And after writing code, you do some functional testing yourself to see what uh what you did worked and depending on what your team practices some teams do test driven development some people just write the code and after they write the test after and yeah so once you have that in all your test cases pass uh we yeah you create a branch yeah so yeah once you have that in all your test cases pass uh i forgot to mention every feature that you work on you have to work with it on a new branch. So you create a pull request to uh, whatever branch you're supposed to merge to. And uh, we usually have some gateways attached to our uh, pull request creation to code quality gateways, things like Sonacube and things that check your test coverage, stuff like that, and build your project and see if maybe you followed certain practices. So all those gateways we check your code and when it passes, I guess the engineering manager too would also have his review and or probably another senior engineer on the team, which isn't you. Yeah, would have his review and then he could have the feature merged. Then the testing team could pick it up. You probably have to drag the card to uh, QA. On, on your on your board for the testing team to pick it up and run test against what you've done and when it's complete then they drag it to the done section yeah i think what i've said is all pretty hazy and messed up because i was caught on the spot but it's something you could actually read about scrum and scrum ceremonies and how scrum works agile development in general yeah i think yeah we you didn't make mention about um, teams practices uh, I wanted to know in your experience what really works if there is any what do you call it pattern of work um, for you or what really works or what do you think is the optimal way of actually um, approaching software development do you think there's a right way of doing it or do you think there's a better way or at least a good enough way of doing it or do you think there's an ultimate way of doing it I don't know what, what you thought about 
Yeah, so when you say approaching software development, do you mean like the right way to learn software development or the right way to do things at work? I mean the right way to actually do things at work, if there is one. Because uh, people, there are arguments around what I call it, whether Agile really works or not, um, and stuff like so. And people have been on teams where people don't really use Agile, and then they still get stuff done. And I've also been on teams where people use Agile and also get stuff done. And then you, uh, what I call it, from time to time, you hear arguments about people actually trying to make sure people go with Agile processes. And people also saying that, no, Agile really doesn't work. There are even books titled Agile is Dead and stuff. So I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on that, whether there is a right way to software engineering. Well, I think, I feel like, I can't really question. Agile has been good to us. Agile has actually been good to us. If you have a problem with that, you could try Waterfall. Yeah, but don't misquote me. Waterfall too is good and has its use cases as well. But I think Agile has really been good to us. And uh, this question, it all depends on who is asking this question. Uh, if you're a junior developer, or you're new to the field and you're joining a team, what I would advise you to do is absolutely read the guide. Yeah, read the guide. Well, read your team's documentation, read your team's plan, how your team does things. Because even if you are doing good practices and it doesn't follow the traditions of your team, you'll be doing things the wrong way. So the first thing you should do is always read about your team's documentation or your team's guide. But to say whether Agile is good or not, I don't think I really have much to say about that. I've used Agile for a couple of projects. I've not quite used Waterfall very much for like really big projects, uh, but Agile has really worked a lot. Yeah. What do you think? Well, in my experience, I, I find that um, it depends on the team and most likely um, how big the team is or the kind of stuff the team are working on or is working on. If the team is most like maybe a small man team, maybe two, three, four people on the team that's just trying to work on something, well, I think Agile might just be a longer process to, to get around. And since there isn't anyone that needs to see you post on, on stand-up or sprint retrospective and stuff like that, Agile might not really be that efficient. It might work, but it won't be as efficient as just, you know, having a quick chat or conversation with your teammates to just get things done. And But if the team is actually quite huge or maybe a larger team, then I think Agile might be the way to go because there'll, there'll be the need for a bit more structure as to how things are because you'll be dealing with a lot of what I call different personalities on the team. So bringing in a structure like Agile processes or Agile development will make everyone know the kind of things or how to approach what I call work in that sense. So to me, I think it all depends on the size of the team and maybe the kind of work or the domain in which the team is actually working in. Yeah, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you a little bit. Uh, I think it's not always about the team but it's also about the clients that you're dealing with 
Okay, so uh, for my understanding of uh, project management and uh, managing projects, right? Agile gets you started quickly. So it depends on the client you're working with, right? So let me just give this analogy. I don't know if it's perfect, but so let's say you're working on a building project. It's This is completely out of software, though. If you're working on a building project, typically with waterfall, uh, you have the plan and everything. You set out to start your work. You start building and until you're done building the last building or laying the last brick, you don't really hand over to the client until you're done. But with Agile, Agile makes things more flexible for the client, right? So let's say you can build like five blocks. You're supposed to build like 20 blocks or 20 buildings. You build like five blocks and it's a school. The client could already start using the five buildings you've already put up while you're still developing the school. Uh, that way, the client is able to possibly generate revenue to continue the the project, right? So it's actually like a cheaper approach. And you could end up doing things bit by bit, maybe. Yeah, so it gives the client a lot more flexibility on how they can. So the client could actually start yeah fireworks so the client could actually start using the product more quickly than uh when you have to wait to build everything from scratch so imagine this and i think i think it's also quite applicable in software i think it's very applicable in software because software is pretty dynamic it changes quick something which could be a tech which could be relevant uh, this year could just end up being uh, obsolete next year you don't want to wait to work on a five year or let's say two year project and not have it delivered to your client to start using and let's say you do finish in two years and everything becomes obsolete and now have to overhaul and make a whole lot of changes but Agile gives you the opportunity to be making those changes regularly daily even when the project is not finished so I think that's an advantage that gives over just the direct or waterfall method. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think that's a, it's a valid point to make um, because well, depending on the kind of client and how you actually approach um, deliver delivering what I call it deliverables to the clients, you could either I think Agile Agile has its benefits because well, with Agile process with every sprint, there's something you need to release. So, if it doesn't go with the client at that point, all that release need to be paid for, and then you can actually just cut ties over there and then move forward. Unlike maybe a different approach where you'd uh, you'd work in the manner where you don't really release anything, and then if things don't go with the client, then everyone's at, is at a stalemate or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I quite I quite agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how hard is it to work as an engineer, software engineer? Well. Um, Hard, I won't, I won't say software engineer is hard, uh, but what, what, I, what I refer to it is it's is really stressful. It can be stressful and frustrating. Um, I don't know if those two words are any synonymous or not. But then it's, it's stressful and it's, it can be really frustrating and that really defines how hard it is for uh, software engineering. Because imagine if I'm given a tax to work on, I have absolutely no idea. Maybe I'm actually designing a payment system. A system that actually handles payments for uh, our platform, and I have 
no ideal experience on how to design that. Um, and it so happens that no one in the team has similar experience, even though most likely there will be someone. But if you if you find yourself in a situation where you're given a story to work on and you have zero to no experience in that particular domain, you'd you find it difficult to even have a starting point, where to start from, how to approach the whole thing. And thinking about all that is really, really stressful and hard work because you need to figure things out. You need to know when to start. You need to, you need, and you need to start writing code because there are timelines involved. And then you start reading. You start reading on um, how other people approach the whole thing. Um, then you start looking at which is the best way to approach it. There are a lot of questions you need to ask when you are assigning tax because fine, you might go online and find that people have implemented something one way and then you ask yourself, is this the best way to do it? Is this the um, optimal way of actually approaching the whole thing or implementing the whole thing? And once that's done, you have to ask yourself uh, the question of, um, is it performant enough? Does it conform to the standards, the coding standards that you have at your company? So the questions you ask yourself in anything or any tax you're working on in software engineering is that there are a lot and you need to find what I call reasonable answers for them. Because when it comes to review, those those questions will be asked, or those questions will be raised, and you need to at least be able to defend yourself, or you have to go back and then refactor your code to make sure that it actually conforms to whatever what, what I call it, issues were raised during um, the review process. So software engineering is actually quite hard. And the other aspect that really makes it hard is the fact that you always need to learn new stuff. Cause yeah, I think you're only as good as you're only as good as how much you know your technology and your technology is only relevant for so long until there are updates and you have to always keep chasing after new knowledge and new skills. So I think that's that's one way it puts you. You could never, going into every project, right, I always find myself in a position where it's like, I either have no clue about what I'm working on and I have to learn and do my research, or maybe I don't even know the stack I'm using and you still have to learn and do your research, or like you have little information on how to achieve what you're doing. So unless it's very trivial tasks, uh, you're always at that point where uh, you feel at a disadvantage in terms of uh, know-how. And also the other thing too is, uh in software engineering, there, there are a lot of facets to it because, fine, learning the code is one thing. Learning, um, learn, learning a programming language, right, sorry. Learning a programming language is one thing. Learning enough programming languages to to develop a full-fledged software is another thing because just learning Python alone can't, well, release a web application because you need front-end as well. So that's HTML, CSS. You even need Flask. Exactly, or a framework. So learning programming language one, Learning uh, what I call it, um, the frameworks is another thing, and there are whole the pleasure of frameworks out there. We have um, what Spring Boot, we have Flux, we have Django, we have um, what what are the there are a lot of frameworks out there that that you, you might need to learn depending on the type of language you actually um, what I call it, find easiest easiest working with. So that's the next thing, and then how to actually what I call it deploy applications another thing where to deploy. How to manage your cloud infrastructure is another thing. So, there are different facets to software engineering. That in itself is, is quite difficult to actually get to a point where you feel comfortable 
working on a project or, or creating a project from start to finish. So yeah, software engineering is actually quite hard, and but I think it's, it's more stressful than, and frustrating than it is actually hard. I hope it gets easier. Yeah. <laughs> so another question, Avi, what surprised you getting into software engineering? What surprised me when I got into software engineering? Yeah. Um, well, one thing that actually surprised me, or is still surprising me, is the salary disparity between being a novice software engineer. When I say novice, I mean you being your first or second year, and being an engineer who has four plus years of experience. Because when I initially started, my first year of um, filling a software engineering role of some sort, I was earning a total salary of like thousand cities. <laughs> That's like how much? A month, thousand cities. I don't know. At that time, I think that would have been five hundred and fifty dollars or so. Sure. At the time, that was like four years ago. That was like two hundred. Oh, yeah, two hundred something dollars. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Or whatever, but it was thousand Ghana cities. You can check what um, the conversion rate of thousand cities was um, in twenty eighteen or so, and. Um, so that one thing that's surprising, but now in my fourth year, I've realized that the, the amount of money I'm receiving compared to the first year is really, really different. And the amount of money people has, who have, what I call it, um, 10 plus years of experience are receiving is quite, it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting to interesting, see, you see. <laughs> see those figures. So that's one of the things that actually surprised me um, in software engineering. I don't know. What about you? Uh, well, uh... What really surprised me? So, those days, right? We used to, we used to, we used to write code for fun. Like, we pick on any project and then we just start writing it, and we're just living our best lives and having fun. But <laughs> getting into the industry, like sometimes, the last thing you want to do is write code. Like, you just want your day to end and relax or take a walk or hang out somewhere or just do something not related to code because you're already so stressed and it's surprising because you're actually being paid for those things that you used to do for fun but surprisingly it brings you a lot of pain and stress so it isn't fun anymore yeah 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 that's what it feels like sometimes it's not fun anymore i'm not saying i don't have fun i well, I still do, depending on what project I'm working on. Sometimes it tends to uh, pick up new technology and learn something new. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, but I don't. I, I won't say the feeling now is different from the feeling four or five years ago. Okay. Um. So. To end this, uh, our very first session of our podcast, what advice would you have for any um, up-and-coming or novice software engineer in the industry? You go first. <laughs> I should go first. Okay, um, so me personally, I would say um, if you're a lady or a guy out there and you're starting software engineering, well, it's going to be difficult. So don't expect it to be easy. Because if it's easy, everyone will be doing it. So accept the fact that it's difficult and then try to push because... The longer you keep on pushing, the more you actually benefit from it. It's, it's an experienced thing. You need to have the experience to actually um, have the life that you want to make out of uh, what we call software engineering. So just keep on pushing. It's, 
and try and learn as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for me, the advice I would give is, like Avi said, just try and learn as much as you can because it's, it's yeah, learning is the most important thing, right? Especially if you're, you're new in your career, like you're in the early parts of your career, the most important thing is to learn because when you do that, it adds value to you and it facilitates you moving forward or progressing in your career it makes things somewhat easier as you start to progress so that should be the major focus uh yeah but uh disclaimer this is not saying that uh money isn't important it all depends on what you want but learning is very important as well so if you're new in your career i feel like that should be the focus most of the time. Okay. All right. So uh, thank you everyone for listening and we hope to catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you everyone. Continue coding.